Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. I have a few things before we get into today's episode. These things are not new, but first, if you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also while you're there, leave us a review. Next, if you haven't yet joined the five-day virtual networking challenge, make sure that you do that today by clicking the link in the show notes so that you can be on your way to growing your network because we all know that having a strong network is one way that you will really move the ball. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has written me and shared your thoughts on the show and topics that you'd like to see discussed more. That is always appreciated. So continue to do that. Now, for today's episode, I've got a great guest who's going to join us for the conversation. Inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Dewan Woods. Dewan is a retired NFL wide receiver who played college football at Oklahoma State. Post-college, Dewan signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he played for two seasons, and then he went on to play for the New Orleans Saints, where he was a part of the team that won Super Bowl 44. After the NFL, Dewan became a fitness athlete, received his personal trainer certification in 2012, and that year he also won the Olympia Men's Fitness Magazine Ultimate Athlete Award. Currently, Dewan is the owner of his own training facility called Woods Fit, where he helps other individuals and athletes to perform at their best. And we will talk about all of this and more in today's show. Dewan, welcome to the show. Hello, Jen. How are you? I am doing fantastic and having a few laughs here, too, as we're getting ready for our time together. I'm so excited to have you here with us. So let's start off. You come from an athletic family. You are one of three brothers to play football at Oklahoma State and also in the NFL. Your brother, Rashawn, played wide receiver. Donovan played linebacker. Talk to us first about what was it like just growing up in a football family and having two other brothers to push you to be a better athlete? Well, first off, Jen, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Extremely humbled for this opportunity to kind of share my story. So, you know, growing up in the Woods house was full of competition. You know, we ran a pecking order style family where, you know, the oldest was always in charge and was responsible for his younger siblings. Our thing was be the champion before the streetlight came on, because that's when we had to call it up and stop playing whatever respected sport that we chose for that day and stop the competition. When the streetlight came on, we had to be in the house, starting to get ready for bed. So it was very competitive, definitely a strong bond between my brothers and I, and it showed as we progressed in our sports, football being at the forefront of all the different sports that we played. Now, we also played basketball, baseball. We ran track as well, too. I played some golf. So we had a lot of sports going on in the Woods house 
And definitely competition was something that we exercised regularly. And being a multi-sport and competitive athlete, there are so many lessons that you learn from those experiences that you take outside of sports and apply to what you're doing now, apply to your NFL career, apply to everything in life. Talk to us about what are some of those lessons that you learned at a young age being a competitive athlete? Well, you know, first thing was learning to work with a team as you progress into your adult life. You know, you find yourself on a workforce and even in relationships having to work with a team and starting off playing sports, playing with teams really helped that along the way. Also understanding morale, how big morale is whenever you're dealing with the adversities that you face going through your life. And this goes on and off the field, even in my profession now, you know, my client's morale determines a lot of what I get out of them when we're in our session. We'll talk a lot more about your business and the clients that you work with, but let's go back earlier in your career at Oklahoma State. I have a lot of student athletes that are on the show that listen to how they can be better, how they can position themselves to make it to the league. And so as you look back on your time as a student athlete at Oklahoma State, what are some of the things that you did to ensure that you were performing at your elite level? And what advice would you give to student athletes today on how they can position themselves for success? So one thing that I attribute to my success at Oklahoma State was attention to detail. When you're playing a sport like football, there's a lot of moving pieces. And the more you know and can familiarize yourself with those moving pieces and the more detail that you know about what it is that you got to try and accomplish as a team, as well as the individual goals that you have for yourself, the more valuable of a player, the more efficient of a player and athlete that you will be able to be. Even attention to detail as it pertains to your recovery aspect, what it is that you're doing. You talk about abilities and the number one ability is availability. Because if you're not available, I mean, it doesn't really matter what other abilities that you have, they're no good if you're not available to perform those abilities. Also, when you are with your respective team or in your individual sport, understanding that if you do your job and you know what it's supposed to be happening around you. It makes you that much better an athlete, not only doing what it is that you do, but maybe helping someone along in another position so that everything runs smoothly and efficiently. As I was listening to you say that, that doesn't just apply in the college setting or in the football or sports setting. That applies outside in the corporate world as well. We have a lot of corporate folks that listen to the show. And so, I mean, if you're just aware of everything else that's around you and knowing your skill set and your expertise and what you bring to the table and how that interworks with everybody else, that allows you to be a better value added team member because you can help those people around you to be more successful as well. Absolutely. We call it having savvy. And if, and if you're savvy, you're dangerous. So while you were at Oklahoma State, you ended up leading the wide receiver core to four bowl championship appearances, finishes MVP, All-American. What was it about you that made you elite? It's all about differentiating how you're better than your competition in business, in life, in sports. Tell us about some of the things that made Duan elite. You might want to win. You have to show up every day wanting to win and then following that up with playing to win. I mean, a lot of people talk about it, but doing the necessary things in order to find that success, whether it's on the field, off the field, you got to want it. You got to really want it, not just say you want it. And then you have to back that up with the work ethic, the study time, the back office work that people never see 
in order to make those accomplishments and make those dreams come true moving forward. So, you know, I really wanted to win from an early age. I wasn't sure how I was going to win, but I knew that if there was, was an opportunity to win, I wanted to know what it was and I wanted to be able to execute and take that opportunity if possible. So, you know, even for me, I would play quarterback all the way up from Little League to till my 10th grade year. I made the switch the summer going into my 10th grade year to wide receiver just so I can get on the field at my high school. And that was something that was uncommon. So I ended up only playing wide receiver for two years prior to getting the full ride scholarship at Oklahoma State. But I wanted to win. And I wanted to put my team in the best position to win. And changing positions allowed me to do that. And so I, I made that decision. It was a tough decision. But I made that decision and it ended up panning out in the long run. So just, you know, my will to win and doing what it takes to win. You bring up a good point too. So you ended up switching positions from quarterback to wide receiver, and that obviously took you far getting to play at the highest level in the National Football League. And I think as I'm listening to you, it's also about adaptability and being flexible and being willing to adjust. There was an opportunity for you to play. You had to switch positions. That's a very different skill set training in a different way than playing quarterback. In life, sometimes we have to do that too. We have to adapt and adjust and do things that we didn't think we were going to do so that we can continue to advance and pursue opportunities that may work out very well for us. Yeah, absolutely. There's a saying, you do what you have to do now. So later you can do what you want to do. And, and that is very accurate and oftentimes overlooked. People don't care about your story until you win. So win, baby, win. Absolutely. So as you transitioned into the National Football League, I think people are becoming more and more familiar, especially with social media, about how the NFL is really a business. I think maybe back decades ago, it was just all about football and everybody just wanted to watch football. And that's kind of changed over time. And players are realized like, hey, this is a business. I may not be here for long. Football is not who I am. It's what I do for now. And at some point I'll move on to do something else. And so as you were going into the league, talk just about your mentality and were you thinking about the NFL as a business and a job or was it just about football for you back then? Well, my transition into the NFL, it, it was about the game. I wanted to play the game. The, the business aspect of it came unexpectedly. I learned that part of it through experience. And a lot of things you don't want to learn through experience. And this was one of them. And the business aspect of the NFL now often whispered about in the past is now really coming to the forefront because these athletes have platforms where they can get their story out and they have to be heard by the higher ups because so many people are able to hear you just can't ignore it the business and the cutthroatness of business and as it pertains to the nfl it's the nature of the beast but it's also a necessary evil if you want to be successful as a organization it just sucks that there are casualties in war and it's a terrible thing, but at the same time, it's still a part of the game. So I mentioned that you played for Jacksonville for a couple of years, and then you ended up going to the New Orleans Saints. While you're with the Saints, you ended up suffering a career-ending spinal cord injury. Talk to us about that experience and kind of what happened and how you went through that. Well, it was August 15th during the preseason game against Cincinnati Bengals, fourth quarter. Went down on kickoff, made a tackle, head was in the wrong position on the hit. End up partially paralyzing myself from the neck down, down my left side, and been battling with that injury ever since. It was one of those things that's unfortunate. You don't expect it to come up 
into your life. You know, you don't go out there expecting to get hurt. You just play the game and give it 100% of everything that you got and you expect the best outcome. Unfortunately, that was the adversity that I was faced with at that moment. And it was life altering. And, you know, a lot of my life lessons have stemmed from that and just battling that adversity this whole time. But I mean, it definitely made me reevaluate the course in which my life was headed at the same time, shaking me to my core and derailing me from the path that I was already going. So it was definitely a traumatic experience in my life that every day I'm still having to battle. And talk to us about when you suffered that injury mentally as you went through that recovery process. And I know you're still dealing with it now from a mental headspace, like how were you feeling back then? What have you done to continue to be able to quote unquote, move the ball and get over the challenges that you faced? So before the injury, when you're, when you're an athlete, you got fresh legs, you feel indestructible, you know, you feel like you can run through anything, run over it, jump, jump over it, get around it. You feel very powerful. Then when you're faced with injury, life likes you and you find yourself realizing that you're just human and you're mortal. And you too can be, you know, shaken at your core and devastated, or you too can have an injury that's going to change the way you see and view life moving forward. And and just having that self-awareness of dealing with the trauma, understanding that football is what I do now, who I was, even though it plays such a huge role in shaping me as a man and my experiences. You know, a person is only their sum total of their life's experiences. And when you have trauma and adversity, they can have a tendency to shift your train of thought. My confidence level was low. I was depressed. You know, I have developed anxiety, things that I was never accustomed to or didn't understand prior to dealing with something that traumatic and then having to adjust and build my life and my support system around dealing with those type of ailments that stemmed from that injury. And then taking that same knowledge and understanding that every L isn't a loss until you give up and taking that experience and then using my experiences to impact and help change people's mindsets, boost their morale to go and accomplish the things that they want to in the health and wellness field. You know, after my injury, I mentioned I lost the ability to utilize muscles on my left side. I partially paralyzed myself from the neck down for almost about a year. I still can't move my left toes, extremities at all. So having to just make those adjustments and then taking the stories, the experiences, the, the difficulties, and being able to parlay that into motivation that will help someone take back their health and wellness who may be struggling from injury, struggling from weight, struggling to lose weight or anything like that. I mean, everything that I knew as an athlete moving forward after that injury was changed. I put on a bunch of weight. I was now dealing with stuff like sleep apnea, not getting much rest. I was on opioids. I was on epilepsy medicine. I'm now taking pills that wasn't accustomed to taking. I was having these side effects from these pills that was affecting my mental health and really changing me and having to try and juggle all of these things while also realizing that my body is now compromised and life as I know it will never be the same. But how can I turn this L into a lesson and not a loss? And the only way to do that was to find a way to utilize my story, change my pain into passion and help someone else and be of service in order to, like you say, move the ball. I love that name 
uh, you know, move the ball because because every single day that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to move the ball forward in, in some aspect of our life, and we're trying not to turn it over. And that's the thing. We don't want to turn the ball over. And a lot of times I found myself being self-sabotaging because, and I say turning the ball over because of the, you know, feeling sorry for myself or knowing that I have to do certain things differently than somebody else in order to get to the same place. And as long as I can stay grounded into the things that I believe in, and as long as I have fight in me, and as long as I understand that I'm not defeated until I give up, then it allows me to keep moving forward and continue to help people change and take back their health and wellness. I love that you talk about turning the losses into lessons, not taking an L. That's actually something that my listeners know that I have a book coming out this summer. And that's actually one of the chapters in that book is all about that because we have experiences that we go through that the outcomes don't turn out the way we want them to. Sometimes they're very tragic outcomes, sometimes not quite as severe, I'll say, but we've spent time and energy invested in something. And when it doesn't work out, instead of focusing on the negatives, it's all about your mindset and framing it to, okay, let's turn this into a lesson. Let's figure out what do I do now so that I can continue to move forward and do great things. And I mean, I believe that everything happens in our lives for a purpose, whether that purpose feels fun to go through it, there's a lesson to be learned and we are better people because of it. So it's about turning those L's, those losses, quote unquote, losses into lessons. And I know you're doing great things now with your training business to really make an impact and help other people. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So when did you start what you're doing now? Tell us a little bit more about your business and all the great people that you serve as a result of it. So I own Woodstick, HQ LLC, health and wellness company, and also co-owner of the Ultimate Athlete Bootcamp, which is the bootcamp company we train everyday individuals who still have that fight to be athletically savvy we train our clients that to develop and practice the athlete's mindset the ability to identify assess process and overcome adversity we understand everybody's capable but not everyone's able some people don't know how to exercise those things if they've never been a part of a big time sports program they may not know but we offer that community and that training genre that allows them to come in lose weight to be able to exercise and get their daily movement in in a genre that they're accustomed to in sports training. You know, we're not trying to get our clientele to the the NFL combine, but if they want to play games, they're weekend warriors. If they are former athletes, I mean, they absolutely love what it is that we do by merging the group fitness experience with athletic development. And and then also what's fit, I do weight loss, and uh, body transformation. But, but most of the time, like I said, it, it's about the mind and, and you know, helping people lose weight, gain muscle, shape and sculpt their bodies is my main goal and function with how I impact the health and wellness industry and how I help my clients achieve their fitness goals. And on the podcast, we talk about business, we talk about branding. And so as a business owner, you are looking at managing your brand, Woods Fit. You're looking at growing your business. Talk to us about that first year that you started your business. What were some of the challenges? What were some of the things that you think you did well that you would want to pass on to other business owners as things they should do to continue to grow their business? Well, you know, the first thing was establishing what it is that my business was going to offer. And, and what was my business going to stand for, our mission statement? Why, why was I starting the business of Woods Fit? Why was I starting Ultimate Athlete Bootcamp? What was the purpose behind it? Establishing that, which our main 
purpose was to instill the principles of an athlete to an everyday individual and then give them the athletic experience in there to incorporate in their training regimen to help stay in shape and boost their morale. So establishing what the brand was and then our, the target market was the biggest thing that we had to figure out. There's a lot of trainers out there. There's a lot of health and wellness companies out there. But what was going to make ours different and stand out opposed to them is offering something that was independent. And I'm not going to say different because you can find this style in different genres, but it was independent in its own way to where in the group fitness space, you were not able to find athletic development within group fitness. So just establishing what it is that your client target market is and what's your purpose and your reasoning behind doing what it is that you do so that you can wake up in the morning and you can attack it every single day, even if it's just you. That's the biggest thing, believing in what it is that you're doing and then doing necessary things to make that dream come true. And have you ever had, I think almost every business owner goes through this, a time where something didn't go right. And you're like, especially in this time of the coronavirus pandemic, we've been going through this for the last two years now. Has there ever been a time where you've been like, man, what am I doing? Do I need to go do something else? Or how do I keep moving forward? Because we've all had to adjust and adapt in our businesses over the last couple of years. Have you had a moment like that? And if you have, what did you tell yourself to keep going? Absolutely tons of moments like that. And understanding that the why behind it, you know, my football background, going to the level that I went, those principles that I learned, I apply now in my health and wellness business today. So utilizing those same principles got me through those adversities, got me through those times in which I wanted to throw in the towel. Man, we've been showing up to the park. We only got five people at the park with us working out, doing up downs and moving in all three planes of motion and going through trapezoids and hurdles where no one else around us is doing this at the time in Los Angeles. And it's only five of us at the park and having to continue the course and double down on the principles, double down on your purpose or your passion, and then fighting through those down points. Like I said, even if it's just you, if it's just you, sometimes you is enough. You is all you need. And we continue to push. And when we look up and we had 80 to 100 people in the camp doing the same type drills, going through the trapezoids, hexagons things like that. And we've seen the dream come to fruition. All of those times that we could have could have gave up and we didn't, we kind of look back on those and say, man, those same principles, being able to identify, assess, process, and overcome adversity is the reason why we were able to find success. And having those principles and knowing our mission in the beginning and staying true to that pushed us through those adversities and through those hard times and those times that we wanted to throw in the towel. And it kept us going. It kept us waking up. It kept us preaching the same message. It kept us doing the things every single day, even if it was just us by ourselves, to get us to where we were able to get. And it feels great when you have these successes because you have these moments where you were just sitting there questioning like, oh my gosh, do I keep going or, or what is going on? And then you believe in what it is you're doing. They say trust the process is something that I'm a firm believer in. And I know you are too. I mean, I think pretty much any competitive athlete believes in that 100%. And it's about just continuing to show up every single day, putting in the work and the results will come. They really will. So when you see those successes, you're like, yes, this is why I continue to do this day in and day out. Absolutely. And sometimes they're few and far between. 
But when they do come, oh, when they come, they are definitely worth it. You're reminded at the forefront of this is why I do what I do. You can wake up every morning if your profession and your job is gives you that type of satisfaction, all oh, you're lucky. Because you know, a lot of jobs don't have that attached to them. They don't have that morale boost. They don't have that sense of satisfaction. That's the overwhelming sense of pride to know that what it is that you truly believe in can help people and has helped people and will continue to help people as long as you continue to practice what it is that you are preaching in a sense. So one of the things I like to talk about on the show is managing your brand and social media is one way that we are able to manage and to grow our brand and to expand our business. Share with us, what are you doing on social media? Where are you playing? What kind of content are you posting? How often are there any things that you do that you think have worked well that you would want to share with other people who are listening to the show? So Jen, I got to be honest with you, I'm struggling with social media right now. The algorithm is whooping me. The things, all of a sudden, my content was not getting out to the people who followed me and my account suffered from that. So I've had to call them audibles and make adjustments. I've worked and I'm CEO of a company called Simply Linked. We do business to business marketing and also business to consumer marketing, which I had to switch in order to continue to grow my brand and the business outside of social media. Yeah, social media is a very, very powerful tool. But like myself and some people that that I know, we've run into issues with the algorithm that is stopping our content from getting out of the bubble that we're in. And when you're talking about a place, I was living in Los Angeles at the peak of my social media uproar, and now I'm living in Dallas. Well, majority of my clientele, or should I say my followers, are based out of New York and based out of Los Angeles. And now being in a completely different city, I had to change my approach to how I attract clientele and also how I grow my brand. So part-time, I've been working as CEO for Simply Linked. We do marketing business to business and, and business to consumer. And that's just me putting another piece into my offense that allows us to move the ball forward and calling those audibles when necessary in order to find success no matter what. So, you know, I've done the the posting every day, all day. I've done the reels, I've done lives, I've done carousel photos. I've looked at a lot of the different tips and tricks, hashtags. I've done a lot of these different things to try and boost my social media presence and keep the brand alive and spreading. And I found success with hashtags. I found success with collaborations with other companies and other influencers, those things have helped. But I've really, really made huge strides once I started to partner with Simply Linked and started to run marketing campaigns in order to attract clientele and also other businesses to partner with. Yeah, I think that's important. We've seen the algorithms change over the last year or two. And so content that used to get a lot more visibility does not anymore. And I think that hashtags are great, but also partnering with other brands and other influencers or just other people that are in your space is also a great way to increase your visibility to your particular audience. So share with us, where are you at on social media so people can check you out? So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at WoodsFit, W-O-O-D-S-F-I-T. On Twitter, I am Woods underscore fit. 
and Facebook is Woods Fit as well. Yeah, you can also check out my website, www.woodsfit.com. I've just launched my coaching platform. So now I'm taking digital and virtual clients, which is another Audible I had to put in place due to the pandemic. Now I have the ability to coach people from anywhere in the world. I also have my clients locked into my coaching platform as well. So on the days they can't see me, there's no excuse. We still get up and active for at least 30 minutes. Also, I am launching a on-demand and live streaming app as well. So for those who want to tune in and get a workout with myself and my team, they'll be able to tune in and get active with us. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have all of those links in the show notes so people can connect with you and learn more about all the great things that you're doing. And you mentioned digital. I mean, that's a great way in today's times with technology to connect with people that are not in your geographical area. Many of the clients that I work with, whether they're corporate people or pro athletes, I'm in Chicago, they're not physically here in Chicago, but you've got great technological tools out there that allow you to connect to anyone across the globe. So it's a great way to continue to grow your business by just leveraging technology and the virtual space and digital content. So, Duan, as we look to close the show, I want to take you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Let's run it. Okay, first question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an NFL football player. That's what I wanted to be. And you did that. I loved it. Congratulations, you did that. Yeah, I think back, I'm like, you know what? You can't beat yourself up. You You, you got there, young man. You got there. You did. How about what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Spontaneous vibrant and fun. I like those words. What is one thing most people don't know about you? One thing people don't know. I'm shy. That is one thing I would not guess about you. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I'm shy, but if you knew the internal dialogue before you see me do something, you'll know. You'd be like, yo, he just talked himself into doing that. Next question is, if you had one intro song played at all your public appearances, what would it be? Number one stunner by the big timers. (laughs) (laughs) How about what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So I've been listening to a lot of Grant Cardone lately. The Closer's Almanac is the one that I just closed out. I just finished reading Outwitting the Devil, which is a Napoleon Hill book. It was pretty awesome. And then also the four agreements. So I'm really doing some soul searching right now and trying to become more self-aware as it pertains to the things that I've been through in my life and what I need to work on moving forward if I want to be the the caliber man that I dreamed about being when I was a kid. Well, those are three great choices. So thank you for sharing those. The next question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Oh, man. Three famous people. Kobe Bryant. Just because I felt like he was taken from his world too soon. For us, anyway. Jesus. Because it would be awesome to meet him before he come back and start doing his thing. <laughs> and my grandma. Dorothy Langston, it would be awesome to have Meemaw pull up to the table and chop it up with me one more time. Great choices. Last question. Do you sing in the shower? Absolutely. I rap in the shower, too. I might even bust out a freestyle here and there. But I'm not that bad either. I think it might be the echo, (laughs) but I definitely get it in. Well, they do say that everybody sounds better in the shower. 
I believe it. Well, Dewan, thank you so much for being on the show today. As we look to close the show, I am going to give a shout out to a fellow Oklahoma State cowboy, Mr. Adam Edwards. So shout out to him, of course. And then lastly, because you were a wide receiver, I am going to shout out to another Oklahoma State guy, Jalen McCluskey, who he finished at Tulane, but he was at Oklahoma State for a while as well. So shout out to Jalen, shout out to Adam. Those two guys are amazing, just like you. So appreciate you being on the show today, Dwan. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, Jen. Jen and, and, and I got a couple shout outs too. Shout out Mama Woods, Lawrence Charles, Donovan, Rashawn, Monda, Gary, you know, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like today's show, please share it with someone else that you think would find this podcast to be of value. And again, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so that way you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you to everyone for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.